This is episode 164 of the IDRA Class Notes Podcast. The success of the kids depended on all of us, not just on the teacher or not just on the kid coming in, making sure that they came for tutoring. We knew that we were all in this together. Parent contacts was another big thing that helped us to get the kids in in the afternoons when we needed them to stay. And really having high expectations of the teachers gave us the insight to have passed that on to the kids and have those high expectations as well. I'm Milka Aviles and today I'm here with Ms. Judy's Urdiales, former teacher who worked under my leadership when I was a principal in an inner city school in West San Antonio. Ms. Urdiales, can you please tell us a little bit about the student population and the school as a whole? The school is located in a low socioeconomic area of the district that we worked in. In fact, I grew up there, so I was very familiar with the surroundings and the type of students that would be there. Of course, things had changed quite a bit from the time I was a child, and it's a challenging area to work in and to be a a leader in. So we know there's a great need to transform many underperforming schools with intervention, practices, and policies that need to create conditions of success for all students. And we need to ensure that there are efforts of sustainability so that we can increase academic performance. But this has been challenging for many educators today. Now, I know that we tried different things to really transform the school. Mm -hmm. And like you just said, uh, change the mindset of the students and build a, a culture of success. Can you explain... How did we build that school culture and climate for our students? Well, it all started at the beginning of the day. As a principal, you would meet each child at the door. You shook their hand as they walked in. That gave the teachers, watching you do that, gave the teachers motivation to understand that we needed to learn the whole child. We got to learn not only what the child was like, but what the family was like, the type of environment they were coming from. You encouraged us to build relationships with the students. And that, I firmly believe, was a big part of the success that we had. The fact that you as a leader modeled for us, remembering that what it was like to be a teacher. And that gave the teachers the ability to see students in a different light. It wasn't just your kid walking into your classroom, you give them the lesson and then they walk out. You know, we really got to know the students and the families because of your encouragement toward the kids. I know that uh, the culture from that shake of a hand telling the kids you are the best set the bar mm-hmm. for the high expectations mm-hmm. because I said if you're the best you show me your best behavior you show me the best work. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that together mm-hmm. as a collaborative faculty we try to build on. And then the learning environment in terms of planning. Explain how it was structured the school to where that took place on a daily basis. We were very fortunate that we were put in teams and the schedule was built around the team. We all had the same students. They all traveled from one class to the other. We had a a period where we would have team meetings. We would sit and discuss the students, discuss their not only their grades and their behavior, but the you know how they were doing on practice tests that they had to take because, of course, they had a lot of testing that and it's just reality mm-hmm. in Texas. But we were able to, okay, 
this is not working for me in my classroom with this child's behavior. How are they behaving for you and not for me? And then we would give each other tips. We would pull the students in, have group team meetings with them. We kept a team binder where we tracked every student. We made phone calls home. Most of the time we didn't have to give any type of a behavioral referral because we would handle everything within the team. The administrators knew by the time we sent the student to them, we had already exhausted everything, you know, on a checklist that we had. So that structure within the team, it became a family right there, just within the team. And then they had the the bigger family, you know, where they would go to electives and you know, and the elective teachers would have input as well. But your visibility in the hallways, the administration always was visible. The teachers were always at the door to greet the students. Just the way you greeted them in the morning, we would greet them. So that structure of having a team, and then there were different teams, and then the team leaders would also meet. It really built rapport with the kids. It built culture where high expectations were. It was just the norm. Mm -hmm. Now, I know in the collaborative planning, also during the team meetings, you have representation from English language arts, science, social studies, math, and reading. So we had all core components there. And I know that one of the things that I wanted you always to focus on was on instruction. Mm -hmm. How could we link the lessons? Even if I was a science teacher, I could still do writing and mm -hmm. I could still do main ideas. How did that work out? Like, for example, if the math teacher saw that some students needed a concept that, you know, they were weak on, we would discuss it. And then through reading or through language arts, we would present them with something that would build on what the math teacher was trying to accomplish in the classroom. A lot of the things that we tried to do was to make the learning relevant to the kids. Talking about something that I learned when I was a child is not relevant to kids today. So we really strove to make everything that we presented to the kids something that they could understand and make the concepts easier for them to grasp. And I know that during the team meetings, you mentioned data. A lot of the data was actually segregated among y'all, and then you all understood how you could differentiate instruction for mm -hmm. the students based upon their needs. Mm -hmm. And I know we also have practices that were school-wide. We had that TAP program, the tutoring assistance program. The detention hall actually was turning to more an academic Study hall. academic study hall. Mm -hmm. So everything was built upon academics. Mm -hmm. How did that make you feel and how doing all of that together as a whole faculty brought about success for students? Can you explain a little bit about that? We were very fortunate in that you were very, you backed us in everything and you had a team of people that you had selected that were great at disseminating that information, the data. And they also gave us skills and different types of uh, activities. They actually would develop them. It was an instructional facilitator in the literacy team. They would look at the data. Okay, the kids are weak here. They would group the kids. We would have them stay for tutoring. And they provided us with everything that we needed. So we felt like we had a lot of support from the administration. And in turn... The fact that we didn't have to sit and plan for that, that gave us time to actually really work with the kids and do one-on-one, -on -one, very small group activities. And I really firmly believe that that was a lot of why the kids were so successful those years, because they got a lot of personalized attention. And it was personalized on 
the data that was collected. It was really a no-fault type of thing for the teacher because, okay, this is what was shown in the data, and this is the activity that I've been giving, and it would always went hand-in-hand. Hand. It was perfect. So all from the activities that were planned by the instructional facilitator and the literacy teachers actually was kind of like still kind of like professional development for the teachers yes. as well because you were learning as you were implementing those. And then we were always welcome to use all of it in, during our class too. So the kids really got a double and triple dose of it because we also had an enrichment time where we could conference with the kids and let them know, okay, this is something that, you know, we need to work on together. And it was always working on it together, never putting it all on the kids, never putting it all on the on the teachers. The administrator made sure that we knew that we were all in this together. You know, the success of the kids depended on all of us, not just on, you know, the teacher or not just on the kid coming in, making sure that they came for tutoring. Parent contacts was another big thing that helped us to get the kids in in the afternoons when we needed them to stay. And really having high expectations of the teachers gave us the insight to have, you know, pass that on to the kids and have those high expectations as well. And as leaders, it is important for us to always be visible mm -hmm. uh, in your classrooms. I know that that was something that you couldn't find me in the office no. because I was always in the classrooms. Mm -hmm. And I always mentioned that I would actually focus on what the kids were doing mm -hmm. because if the kids were being successful, of course, the teacher was being successful. Mm -hmm. So the support systems that were put in place were always having the kid in mind and all the decisions that we made in the school were all based upon what was best for kids. Yes. But in the same token, always keeping in mind the teachers because mm -hmm. we had to as administrators we had to champion for the teachers mm -hmm. as well as well as for the parents and having that communication with parents and helping them understand that we're here to help your child mm -hmm. and we're here to support your child and we're here to make sure that your child is prepared to be successful not only in high school but also moving on to college mm -hmm. and we brought the AVID program yes. and I know that when the AVID program was offered to me as an administrator it was always throughout the state on the eighth grade level and I was a pioneer by saying you know I want to start it in sixth grade that mm -hmm. way the kids will be in sixth grade AVID, seventh grade AVID and eighth grade AVID by the time they get to high school those kids they actually had AVID in high school and they could actually fly mm -hmm. and many kids actually went through that process mm -hmm. and, and were really well prepared for, for college. You have your two sons in our school. Yes, and both uh, of my boys. And, and so we could we lived in the north side of San Antonio where the more the elite schools are located. And my sons thrived at that school. They enjoyed it. They were in the pre-AP classes. It was just a really nice environment for them because they felt comfortable there. We tried to improve the number of students in pre-AP, and I remember that, particularly in your classroom, we were doing even PSAT, word that walls. That was part of the enrichment and the word walls, everything. It was all geared to the higher expectations than what was just expected of a normal 7th or 8th grade classroom. Mm -hmm. So we, we did have a lot of uh, infrastructures, a lot of support systems. We always did a lot of data-driven decision-making. yes. yes. Professional development was also available for the teachers. Mm. We model, mm. uh, including myself, because I actually sometimes took care of classes mm -hmm. as well as the instructor and facilitator and the literacy teachers. And you encouraged us to mentor the newer teachers as well. That was another big thing that mentoring really helped too. 
Yes, and um, developing master teachers mm-hmm. and developing the leadership not only at the administrative level, but developing leadership within the whole school. Mm-hmm. I know the custodians were, all, oh. were always involved as mm-hmm. well. We, we try to involve everybody. Everyone. If the librarian, everyone was uh, was a team, and we all knew that we were part of the ultimate success of our students, and we worked together very well. And it was a lot of it had to do with the fact that you freed us up. We were the, one of the first schools to have uniforms, too, in that school district, and you're the one that was the buffer for us in that, you know, if a kid wasn't wearing the uniform the way they were supposed to, you, you caught them at the door and mm-hmm. you took care of it before the teachers even had to deal with that. So you freed up all of our instructional time for just teaching. So during during this transformation process and turning around the school, we really um, build the conditions that supported student learning, student achievement. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the end, the scores Mm-hmm. of the students they showed went up. it. Oh, yeah. And a lot of kids actually have moved on. I have seen them. They went on to college. Your two sons went on to college. And many kids have gone on to college. I still remember your face beaming as you walked into the teacher's lounge and put the scores. You had gone to the main office and gotten the scores, and she had a smile on her face. And she wrote them all. And we were all we were all anticipating because everybody said, Miss Aviles went to the main office. So a lot of us that were on our conference period at that time, we waited in there for her. And she walked in, and she put those scores. And we were so happy because we knew we had worked together to achieve that. So it was great celebration. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for your time and for sharing and validating the work that we did together. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.